Hello friends, it's me Robert. Well, we're going to find out what the wonderful good news of Revelation is and what the good news is for all people. So go get yourself a pen and don't forget your Bibles. We'll be right back. Hello friends, welcome back. Today is going to be a good study. It's the wonderful good news of Revelation. And it's good news for all people. So before we begin, we're going to start with prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this beautiful day you've given us, God, to come before your throne, Lord, once again to study your word and to learn the wonderful good news, Father, the good news for all people that you show us in Revelation. Thank you for everything you've done, Lord, and send your Holy Spirit. Give us spiritual discernment, Lord. This we ask in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the wonderful good news of revel of salvation. That's what this really is all about. It's the wonderful good news of salvation. Now, the first three chapters of the Bible in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, they tell us how sin entered the world. And the last three chapters of the Bible tell us how we're going to re regain paradise. So, but the chapters between tell how God related to this awful tragedy. That the punishment for sin is death. That's Romans 6.23. And the ugly cancer of sin could not be tolerated, else it would endanger the universe. Now, the super tragedy of sin is that when Adam and Eve disobeyed, sin passed to all mankind, and thus all people from that time to present faced the death penalty. So, so heaven was suddenly confronted with a horrible dilemma. Either sin would have to be excused and tolerated, or all people on planet Earth would have to die. But you know something? Thank, praise, praise God that he flatly refused both options. He couldn't stand the thought of separation from his, from us. We're his earthly children. He dearly loves us. Nor would he permit the ugly sin virus to rule the universe. So praise God. Instead, in an act of unbelievable risk and love, he chose to send his only son, who himself is God, into the world to die in your place and mine. Our sins and our death penalty were placed upon him and we were set free. Now, Revelation 14 says, calls this plan the everlasting gospel. Now, the word gospel means good news and indeed, God's blessed, loving plan of salvation is good news. It's good news for you and me and for every person on planet Earth. So we're going to study the eternal science of God's great plan of salvation. The phases of the plan of salvation. Revelation reveals God's love. In Revelation 2.10, Jesus offers the crown of life to every one of his faithful followers. Through Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, we can, we can all receive this, this powerful gift of eternal life. An important question comes to mind. Though. What can I do to benefit from Jesus' sacrifice? What is God's great plan of salvation called? Well, we just read that it's called the everlasting gospel. This is Revelation 14, verse 6. And when did this, the, this plan to save man go into effect? Well, let me tell you right now, my friends. When they sit in the Garden of Eden, it wasn't an afterthought. This was already planned. It was planned from the foundation of the world. You can read this in Revelation 13, verse 18. Now, people say, now listen to this. I want you to remember this. Now, grace has always been around, my friends. All who've ever been saved since the fall of man have been saved by the blood of Jesus. Remember that. Acts 4.12. Old Testament believers 
believers accepted Jesus' blood and looking forward by faith to the cross. And we today accept that same blood looking back by faith to the cross. Remember that. What happened when Adam, and, when Adam sinned and, and why? Well, we read the Romans 5.12 and it does say that death passed upon all men. Write the scriptures down, my friends. Romans 5.12, okay, for the, for the question of what happened when Adam sinned and why. Death passed upon all men. Why? Because all have sinned. Why is living a life of sin so serious? Romans 6.23, my friends, because the wages... The wages or payment or punishment for sin is death. Remember that. Remember that. Now, what does sin do to our relationship with God? Isaiah 59.2, write the, well, I write the verse down and you can look it up. So what does sin do to our relationship with God? Sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from God. So, what did Jesus' death do for his people? Revelation 1 5 will say, Wash them from their sins. Wash them from their sins. Jesus died not just for the sins of his people, but for the sins of the whole world. It doesn't say, For God so loved his people that he gave his only begotten son. No, it says, For God so loved the world. 1 John 2 verses 1 and 2. So who accepted my sins? And death penalty. Isaiah 53 verse 6 will tell you that Jesus, the Lamb of God. Remember that. And why did God make such a sacrifice for us? John 3.16, my friend. John 3.16, because He loved us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Why? Because He loved us, my friends. He loved us. Isaiah 53 is a moving prophecy of Jesus' suffering and His death. So if you want to read the whole Isaiah 53, read it. I, 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 if you've never read it, read it. Read it. So what must I do to benefit from Jesus' death? Acts 16, verse 31 and Revelation 1, 5, they say this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And how may I receive forgiveness and cleansing? 1 John 1, 9. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Remember that if we confess our sins. So we need to confess our sins. That's how you receive forgiveness and cleansing. Remember that confession includes turning away from sin, my friends, having a sorrow for what you've done. So what does the Bible say accompanies repentance? Write this down, Acts 3.19, my friends. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Now to repent means to have a change of mind. To convert means to turn around. Repentance means a change of attitude toward God, towards oneself, and towards others. Remember that. To repent means to have a change of mind. To convert means to turn around. Repent means to means a change of attitude towards God, towards oneself, and towards others. So conversion means you do a complete U-turn on your highway to life. Well, this one, bear with me here a second. And talking about that, 
when you do have when you do convert, and I want like I say, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. That when you do convert, it means you're um, going the opposite direction of the devil now. So as you're walking that track, you're gonna have you're gonna run into him a few times because remember, you guys are both walking on the same on the same. Uh, you guys are both walking in the same direction, so you're gonna run into him a few times. So remember that. Remember that, and I'm telling, and don't worry because you know what, God is with you. He's not gonna leave you alone. He is with you always, my friends. That's one of the, one of the incredible, incredible things that he that he's done for us. That he has done for us. Now. What is this conversion experience called and why? John 3, verse 3 and 7 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So it's a new birth or being born again. Why? Because when you're born again, we have no past. At conversion, a person is cleansed from sin and starts all over as a newborn baby when Christ is in his life. Remember, that is awesome. That is awesome. It's like having no past. Have no, having no past. Now, how does Jesus abide in my life? John 14, verse 17. Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, God inhabits your heart, you. Now, when Jesus lives in my life, what will I do? Well, Philippians 2, 13 says, both to will and to do his good pleasure. You see, Jesus gives me a willing heart and then guess what? He adds the will, the power. I mean, he adds the power to do his will. So why should I be confident about my new birth? Well, he says in the Bible, which he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the last day. So I can be confident because of my salvation, because my salvation doesn't depend on my ability, but it depends on his ability. Can't do it alone, my friends. We need Jesus. Now, what big problems face a lot of Christians? Matthew 7, 21 says that not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. That's how it works, my friends. You have to be eager to call him Lord, but you can't refuse to obey him. That's why people fail. They want they, they say, Lord, 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 but they refuse to, to obey him. You see, Jesus has to be crowned both Savior and Lord of your life. Now, a lot of people want Jesus as their Savior, but they don't want him as their Lord because they want to do whatever they want. That's not how it works. No, a born-again Christian will follow where Jesus leads, my friends. Now, how do we make Jesus Lord of our life? Matthew seven twenty one says, By doing the will of the Father. Like he said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Remember that. Jesus receives us. And how can we know that Jesus accepts us? Well, because he promised that and he cannot lie. In 1 John 1, 9, he promises. In Titus 1, 2, it tells that he does not lie. See, we are saved by God's grace through faith. Faith means that I accept salvation and I claim it at once just because Jesus promised it to me. Not because I feel or see anything different. 
So how do you strengthen your faith? How do we strengthen our faith, my friends? Let me tell you how. Romans 10, 17 and Matthew 4, 4. It says you need to study the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, all have some faith. How do we do that? How do we strengthen our faith? Well, by studying God's word. This is one of the reasons why I'm giving you guys these little seminars. Studying the word, my friends. That is a key factor. Now, how will true conversion change my life? Well, I'm going to give you some scriptures here. Write them down. John 13 and verse 35 and Matthew 5.44 says, I will love everybody. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that my life will be new. 1 John 3.22 will tell you that I will be willing to keep God's commandments. Romans 12 verses 1 through 2 will say, I will begin to know God's will for my life. Acts 4.19 will say, I will tell others what great things the Lord has done. These are the verses, Acts 4.19, verse 29, Acts 1.8, Mark 5.19 will tell you that you're going to want to tell everybody about the great things that God has done for you. Acts 4 verse 31 and Luke 11.13 will say, I will spend more time talking to God in prayer. Isn't that great? That's what I want. More time with God in prayer, my friends. I need Him so much. Now, the big difference is that after conversion, I'm going to really want the Lord to have His way with my life. I'm going to want His Spirit to guide me in everything that I do. Romans 8, verse 9 and 14, you can read this. That you're going to want to do God's way, follow His way, let His Spirit guide you. So what is Jesus' provision to sinners called? It is the gift of God, my friends. The provision to save sinners is called the gift of God. Romans 6.23 This gift is free, but you have to be willing to receive it. Or Jesus' gift, guess what? It's not going to benefit you. You have to be willing to accept it. He's not going to force it down your throat, my friends. And there are five glorious truths that Revelation tells us about the good use of our salvation. Revelation 1 verse 18 says that Jesus is alive. He is alive, my friends, and he has the keys to unlock hell and death. It says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Good news is Jesus is a living Savior, my friends. He was slain from the beginning to redeem us to God. His sacrifice was for us. He gives us a white raiment of his righteousness. Revelation 7.14 Jesus' righteousness belongs to us. It says Jesus' righteousness is ours. You can read this in Revelation 14, verse 6, 12, and 14. The gospel will go to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. The good news is that Jesus will save every one of us who really accepts his everlasting gospel. Revelation 21, 6 says, If I thirst for him, I will, he will give me water of life freely. The good news again is Jesus furnishes everything. It's all free. Jesus supplies the power of miracles, love, forgiveness, and grace for my salvation, and power. Everything I need, my friends, he freely gives. 
it is unthinkable that any of us in this in this these lessons we've been going with would fail to accept Jesus' miraculous free offer to forgive, to cleanse us, and and to restore us to His image. My friends, Jesus is anxious to work miracles for all of us. So I tell you right, and I ask you, like I always do, will you just now, right now, will you just now decide to accept His plan? to save you or reaffirm that that great decision, my friend, because right now, Jesus is knocking at your heart's door. He is knocking at your heart's door, my friends. And my question to you is, will you let him in? Will you let him in? We'll be right back, my friends, with ending prayer. My friends, thank you once again for tuning in. And... My prayers for anyone that needs prayers out there that are having struggles going on, especially in this time that we're going through. And my hearts are out to those people in Afghanistan and anyone that's having any suffering or or the people in Haiti that had this treacherous earthquake and this crazy weather. My friends, I ask you to put them in your prayers, Lord. Let us close in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for letting us come before you to study your good news, Father, of how, how you love us, how you established your everlasting gospel from the very from the very beginning, God. Now I ask you, God, for any listeners out there that are that are on the skirt, on the precipice, Lord, that they don't know what they want to do, but to choose you, Father, because only through you, Lord, can we have eternal life. Not out of fear, but out of love, Father. Thank you for having your holy word in our hands and sending your Holy Spirit to give us spiritual discernment. Lord, my prayers are for all of us. That may we have a blessed and, and great week, Lord, and be safe. And, and may your angels above protect us and put the hedge of protection around our families, our friends, and our loved ones, Lord. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next time, my friends, this is Robert for our time with God and His Word. May the Lord richly bless you. May the Lord hold you in His hand. May the Lord richly embrace you. And may His holy angels protect you. This is Robert. You guys have a great one. Bye-bye. <laughs>